Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weigh-In Sports Talk. Today is Wednesday, November 27th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Weigh-In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host, Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, for the intro, and just like she said, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope everyone tomorrow, this weekend, whenever, takes time to to take a brief moment and, and think about the things they're thankful for, because once you start thinking about it, all those negative things, those little petty things we worry about, that's what they become is petty. So, uh, again, thanks for joining us. We have 20 games that Trey picked out for us tonight, seven in the NFL and 13 in college. We have so much to talk about. Rivalry week is here, Trey. And I'm going to go ahead and bring you in, Trey, to your intro. Here we go. Enjoy. Trey, how does that make you feel when you hear your five-tone rivalry week coming up? Oh, that's, that's my stuff, Tarvin. That's my stuff right there, buddy. It's rivalry week. Love this week, college football. If you can't tell how excited I was for this week of football, uh, the games I put on the sheet uh, just just got me hyped. I couldn't, I couldn't turn them down, Tarvin. There was just so many games that I found interesting, uh, whether it's for the rivalry involved or just for – um, what could be some national implications on the you know, BCS bowls um, and that kind of stuff. So, Tarvin, you know, just very excited for this week. Uh, you know, football starts. We got football from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Rivalry games, Tarvin. It's it's time, buddy. And a great Monday night football game: the Saints and the Seahawks. How big is that game? Yeah, I mean, absolutely not. Not to put anything past that game. We got good football starting. Uh, you know Thursday, and we'll get it all the way till till uh, you know till Monday, Tarvin. So there's a lot of stuff going on in football, uh, and then you know of course uh, if you like NBA or NCA, there's stuff going on there as well, Tarvin. So just a lot of things to talk about tonight. Well, you remember last year at this time, Trey, we were going into the Iron Bowl, and I had no confidence in the Auburn Tigers being able to hang with Bama. You remember that, right? I, you remember me saying I didn't think they could even score. On yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, this year, this year I feel a little more optimistic, and what a difference a year makes. The three and nine team we're going to talk about going to ten and one to face the mighty Crimson Tide. And and Trey, when I look at the Florida State Florida game on your list, um, you know they say in rival games you can throw the record books out the window, but in this Florida Florida State game, Trey, and just touch on it just a second. Don't give me everything, but does Florida have a chance? 
Yeah, absolutely. And when we get to the game, Tarvin, I'm going to tell you why. You know, going over this, this is not just a skeptical Florida State fan. Uh, Florida obviously beat Florida State last year when they had a pretty decent team. But there's a stat out there, Tarvin, that I think will surprise you when we get to that game. And uh, I think that uh, we'll see if Mick Wilkes joins us tonight, big Florida State fan. Uh, and obviously if Paul Ewing, our big Florida fan, join us, I think that we will see um, – you'll see the stat, and I think we'll see what they, what they say. Yeah, and I want to touch on something that happened last Sunday night to get your opinion, Trey, before we get into this current week. The New England Patriots, the other night during our show, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, watching the game, they were down, what, 24 to nothing at the half, and Tom Brady and company came back in the second half and won. First of all, my question, were were you shocked at the outcome of that game, how New England was able to come back on a high, potent offense just like the Denver Broncos? Yeah, I actually was. I mean, I went to bed. You know, that was one of those. I was one of those folks that were uh, waking up in the morning to find out what had happened, and, and was was shocked uh, because when I went to bed, it was twenty four to nothing, and I certainly thought that New England had a rally in them, but you know, didn't think anything of um, the poss- even the possibility uh, of an a- actual comeback like uh, of that kind of epic proportion. Well, Trey, Jason Humphrey is in the chat room, and he says he can't hear us. Um, so, Jason, I don't know if something's wrong. Uh, I'm not knowing. Nobody else is in the chat room besides you, Trey, so we're going to have to – hopefully everybody can hear us. But I don't know. I mean, Denver Broncos, what what happened, in your opinion, from what the stats you saw, um, the way you, it happened? When I saw it, Trey, it was like Denver was going three and out and, and – New England was capitalizing. They just got the the momentum on their side, and all of a sudden they're winning a game in overtime. But if you're Denver, how does that affect you for the rest of the season? That could have really put some ground between the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they're still only a game. I think they're tied, actually, and they play again this weekend. So tell me about the Denver Broncos. What does that do to them going into that big game against Kansas City on the road? Well, I mean, it's a lot because, I mean, not only does it hurt, um, you know, the race for that conference between, uh, you know, Broncos and the Chiefs, it also basically puts the Patriots at the number two seed and now hosting a home field game and, and with a definite possibility to even get number one overall. If, if Kansas City beats the Broncos and there's a couple of losable games for them the rest of the year, I mean, it's set up where New England could end up being the number one seed in the postseason in the AFC. So, it was a big win for them for a lot of reasons, and that's just one of them. And, and congratulations again to Jason Humphrey. He he won the ticket by one game. Trey, I, I prematurely went out and congratulated myself, and he corrected me. I missed one of his games. But in two weeks, Trey, I'm 10-0 and 0 in the NFL. I'm not too shabby. It's not so bad. Uh, maybe maybe, uh, maybe there's some insider trading going on. I don't know. We'll start that rumor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to start off first uh, and get your your thoughts about the Heisman Trophy. Then we'll get into our NFL and our college football games. We have a lot on the agenda tonight. But, you know, the Heisman Trophy to me, the problem I have with it, Trey, is a player can have one bad week, just like we saw Saturday night, and they're out of the Heisman race. And all of a sudden names start appearing. It's just like by default you're going to win. We hear A.J. McCarron, the leader, Jordan Lynch, which honestly I don't have a problem with, and Boston College running back, the trade nobody knew about until really the last week or two. I mean, putting up some amazing stats. 
Do you, are you a fan of the Heisman Trophy anymore, honestly? Because I'm not. I've lost interest in it. No, I haven't lost interest. I think it's still a fun award to watch because, you, you know, you do um, – you know, you are tracking it for a lot of different reasons. But there are other awards which I think are just as valuable. But I'll, I'll tell you, Tarvin, I, I think, you know, as long as Jameis Winston – you know, we don't know what's going to happen with him. But according to the experts' poll, if he doesn't get charged, he's far and ahead – the highest mm-hmm. in the front runner now. Obviously, if he gets charged, I mean, you're talking about not only the national championship picture being completely open, but you're talking about the Heisman race basically could go to Andre Williams of, of Boston College, who, you know, let's not discount what he's done. I mean, he's the first 2,000-yard mm-hmm. back since 2008. It's not exactly like, you know, uh, some small school like Boston College has a 2,000-yard guy. Um, it, it's hard to do no matter where you play, and so – uh, since 2008, Tarvin, that's five years. It's been a long time since we've seen one. Uh, and this guy's putting up huge numbers. I mean, you talk about Jordan Lynch. Uh, he has more rushing yards and touchdowns, Tarvin, than Mark Ingram had <laughs> he won the Heisman. So, I mean, you know, no matter who he plays for, that's a pretty legitimate stat. Uh, and then, of mm-hmm. course, you got Manziel and McCarron who are just hanging around. And, you know, I, I think, you know, Bryce Petty, you know, I think, they, you know, is an interesting candidate. He had a good game but lost. I think people discount him just because you lost, but it certainly wasn't his fault. So, I mean, no, no telling, Tarvin, if Winston happens to get charged. This race is going to be crazy because Winston probably won't even get an invite if that happens. Well, the, the problem I have, Trey, is Winston. You're innocent until you're proven guilty. Uh, I'm worried about the t- – I'm just concerned about the timing of this. And there are, Joe Tessitore spoke yesterday and said he received, you know, some – some ballots, some telling people where they stand, not the official ones, but just, hey, if I voted today where I would be. And a, a good amount of, amount of voters, Trey, took Winston off of the list. And I, I know this is not going to be cleared up until probably after the ACC championship game, but could you imagine this kid not getting the Heisman Trophy or possibly playing for a championship, and all of a sudden it comes out and says, hey, we don't have enough information to charge him. We're going to drop all charges. I mean, I'm, I'm sick of stuff like this happening. To me, I say give him the Heisman Trophy if nothing else comes out, if he deserves it, and then you can decide to take it away, Trey. I think it would be a travesty of this of this trophy if they do not give it to him without knowing uh, the more information than what they have now. Well, I mean, this is obviously unprecedented, I think, in college football. We haven't seen this kind of charge for this kind of player. I mean, let's not discount the fact that this isn't – you know, uh, uh, being a laptop, this is not improper benefit, and this is a big deal. Um, so, you know, it's, I think a lot of people are having a lot of hard time with how to handle it. Uh, and you're right, if, if, you know, he is innocent until, you know, like, I, I, you know, this is one of my things I've heard a lot, Tarvin, and something as a prosecutor I, I can tell you is true, is, you know, uh, you know, charging, you know, I guess, you know, accusations aren't charges. You know, charges aren't indictments. Indictments certainly aren't convictions, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're guilty just because you're indicted. So there's a lot of steps that would have to get past it for him, but obviously if he's charged, that's kind of the end game for him because he's not going to play anymore in college football this year, and, and therefore there goes Florida State's chances. So, you know, it, it's interesting. We'll have to wait and see. I think you're right. We'll hear about it sometime around the ACC championship game. Um but, you know, Tarvin, you're right. I mean, the Heisman Trophy is going to it's gonna be affected, no doubt. Well, let's move off the Heisman a little bit. Florida State, they win the ACC championship game over Duke, Georgia Tech, whoever they play, and all of a sudden it comes out that he is charged and he's no longer on the team. 
do you think it would be fair for the voters to push Florida State down in the polls to where they could not play for a championship, believing that, that Florida State could not beat Alabama, Ohio State, whoever they play without Winston? Fair or not fair? Well, yeah, yeah, I don't think it would be fair. Uh, you know, I think they would get blasted. But uh, there is precedent actually at Florida State. If you recall, and maybe you don't, Tarvin, with this, obviously not a scenario with a player with your starting quarterback getting charged. But in 1998, uh, obviously it was the BCS championship still back in those days. Uh, Florida State was um, a national contender. Obviously, uh, Chris Winkie was your starting quarterback who um, went on to win the Heisman the next year. And uh, he got hurt. The backup was named Dan Kendra, and he was uh, he got hurt as well, ended up coming back as a fullback at some point in his career. But the third-string quarterback was named Marcus Altson. Uh, Florida State made the championship game and lost to Tennessee in a very, very low-scoring game because they had a really dominant defense. Uh, Tennessee won that championship, you know, basically because Florida State's offense was completely horse, you know, manure, if you will. Uh, so you know, this is there's a little bit of precedent to, to this. I mean, Florida State got in that situation, you know, '98. Now here they are, with you know, Jameis Winston obviously facing possible charges. You have Jacob Coker, who was a very, very good, talented backup, who now is out for the year with a knee injury, and there sits Sean McGuire. So you know, Tarvin, I think it would be unfair. I think you got to give them a shot just because their defense is legitimate. But I mean, the line would be pretty crazy if if, if Winston doesn't play for Florida State. very close, and I'd say it would be okay to put Ohio State in there because, let's face it, Florida State wouldn't beat Alabama without Winston. We know that. I, I, could they beat Ohio State? Well, I don't know. I mean, how's your third-string quarterback looking? I think that's a problem, Trey. The backup quarterback is out for Florida State for the year, so nobody knows their quarterback. So I think that would hurt Florida State's chances more than Winston really leaving. I think people don't know who the quarterback is really. Yeah, I mean, Sean McGuire, actually, I, I, you know, watching Florida State play, uh, obviously with this in mind, um, you know, I thought, I thought McGuire actually played better than Coker at times. I mean, is a guy who was pretty decently touted. Um, so, you know, who knows, Tarvin, it's all what if now. But, um, but I'm ready to get to actual football if you are, buddy. No, I just want to sit here and do hypotheticals all night, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> There you go. Buddy. All right, man. Let's let's get on the road. We're gonna go through these games fast, Trey. We're not gonna be here all night. It's a holiday coming up, but thanks for joining me tonight. I was supposed to travel tonight, but I'm gonna wait until in the morning to go. So let's go. Number seven, uh, seven games today in the NFL. So I'm gonna try to go seven and zero oh and trade. Nothing like Thanksgiving. Nothing makes Thanksgiving more. I mean, just better than football. Seeing the Detroit Lions play on Thanksgiving. Here they are again in this scenario. They're six and five at home, playing the five five and one Packers. Um, Trey, who do you like here? Detroit just seems to me like they don't know if they want to be good or bad. They just don't know yet. Yeah, I mean they're coming off a two game losing streak. I mean they were six and three. They had control of the North Division in the NFC, and, and they've really fumbled their way down into a tie with the Bears. And you know the Packers coming off a tie, which. You know, I'll just go off my soapbox. The NFL needs to get its act together and get off ties. I don't know why they're the only major sport who still has a tie. But um, the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> Matt Flynn actually looked 
decent last week, Carvin. Uh, so I yeah. think the Packers are going to be more um, in this game than po- folks give them credit for. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pick the upset in this tournament. I know the Lions are favored, but I think Matt Flynn's got something going with the Packers. I just think the Lions right now are just reeling, and I don't know why. I can't put my finger on what their problem is, and that doesn't that bothers me. So I'm going to go Packers, Tarvin. Well, if it wasn't Thanksgiving, Trey, I, I may not not so fast yet, but I'm on not so fast you right here. Detroit at home on Thanksgiving Day, Stafford with a chance to to get his team back on track, and, and the worst thing you can do is lose to a team without their quarterback like Rodgers and let them hang around till the end, till he comes back. They need to put as much distance between themselves and Green Bay now. They can't wait around because Aaron Rodgers is going to be back before we know it, Trey. I like Detroit to get by by a touchdown. I think they control it. I think they can run the football, but it's going to be a fun game to watch, but I'm going to go with Detroit, buddy. Yeah, I mean, they're six-and-a-half-point favorite, um, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, that I'm picking the upset. So you know, like I said, there's sometimes you just got to go with what you think, even though you know you're the you're the guy going undefeated, uh, not me. But I'm going on the limb here, Tarvin. All right, it's okay to lose your first one, Trey. There's always six <laughs> more to bounce back. So in the chat room, back. Uh, who, uh, Jason Humphrey has the Packers winning, and I don't think Lacey's going to pick the Packers without her boyfriend Aaron Rodgers there. So we're going to move on to the next game, which. There's two five and six teams, Trey, and and I think Pittsburgh's playing good football right now. Uh, the Ravens are playing a little better. This is uh, the afternoon game, or is this a night game? I think this is the night game, actually. This is the night game on Thursday night. Yep. All right, the Baltimore Ravens at home, Trey. This is a, a heated rivalry too. Speaking of rivalry week, they're putting the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens a slugfest. In Baltimore, Trey, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and get ahead of you here. I'm going to pick the upset in this game, and I'm picking the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're hot. I think they 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 feel the direction they're going in now. I just like them to beat an inconsistent Baltimore team. Even though this game's in Baltimore, Trey, I'm picking the upset. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh's 3-0 and in the last three games, running a three-game winning streak. They haven't exactly been very good on the road. They're 2-4 and four there, but they are 2-1 and one in the division. Baltimore... Uh, one and five on the road. They've been terrible on the road. They're four and one at home. They've been pretty darn good. Tarvin, you know, in this game, I'm looking at it. I, you know, I've watched Pittsburgh play the last couple of weeks, and they do look like they're putting things together. I think Le'Veon Bell's been good for them. I'm going to agree with you, Tarvin. I'm going to Pittsburgh. They're three-point dogs in this game, but I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I agree with you. The, the Ravens just don't seem to have it this year, uh, and I'm picking the Steelers. All right, good pick. Good pick. Um, Jason Huffer's picking Pitt. And, and you know, we're sweeping the board here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I really think that, that they're a better football team today. And it's going to be interesting to see. And, Trey, the next game is, is a hard one to, to predict. Two, five, and six teams. The Dolphins have just hit rock bottom almost. The Jets have looked terrible. Both five and six again on the road in New York. Trey, who do you got? Well, I mean, this game you're talking about um... – you know, the Jets, I mean, excuse me, the, the Dolphins played a very tough game last week, and that game is the kind of game that Cam Newton lost last year. So you've got to give the Dolphins credit for playing so close with the Panthers team who's so hot. So, you know, that's something I give them credit for. Now, the Jets, of course, have been, you know, they were a team we were all talking about possibly making the playoffs, um, but they've looked pretty bad recently. They're a two-point favorite. I, mean, I don't know if that surprised you, Tarvin. Did that surprise you that the Jets were two-point favorites even though they're at home? 
Well, it does. I think they should be just a little bit more, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that kind of was interesting to me. I was like, well, the Jets are at home. They're four and one at home. Uh, you know, talking about the Dolphins, two and three on the road. That surprised me a little bit. Um, so I'm wondering if the Jets are just, uh, you know, with that two-game losing streak, if the NF, if uh, you know, you're talking about Vegas looking at them and saying that they're done. But you know, I, I think that four and one home record, they do play better at home. I'm going to stick with the Jets at home, Carmen. Well, I'm going to stick with the Jets, Trey. It's probably going to be very cold, if I had to guess, because it's freezing in Atlanta, Georgia right now. So imagine what it's, what it's going to feel like in New York. And I like their defense. And I think after the game against Carolina, them blowing that lead, that all of a sudden they go on the road. And I think the Jets are able to move the ball somewhat, but their defense is going to be the difference in this game in the cold weather. I'm with you, Trey. I like the Jets to get it done, but it could be only by a field goal. Jason Humphrey likes the Jets as well. So it looks like we're sweeping the board on that one. And, and Trey, the next one looks like another intriguing game. We have the 7-4 and four Bengals. Seems like a team we haven't really heard from in a while. They're 7-4 and four quietly. They go to San Diego, 5-16, and 16, that just beat Kansas City on the road. And, Trey, they put up a ton of points mm-hmm. against the Chiefs. So tell me, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I mean, guess who's favored in this game? I mean, the San Diego Chargers are favored against the division-leading Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals, again, this is one of those, you know, Jack one Hyde teams we talk about all the time in the NFL, 5-0 and at home, 2-4, and four, you know, on the road. The Chargers, who are 5-6, and six, are a one-point favorite in this game. And they haven't been all that great at home. They're 500 at home. Uh, you know, I look at the Chargers as one of those really tough teams. They've played everybody tough, all these great teams tough. They're out in San Diego, nice weather. You know, Andy Dalton has been a very disappointment for me this year, even though the Bengals are 7-4, and four, Tarvin. I, I think in this, this game, Tarvin, I, I'm – I'm looking at the Chargers all the way, buddy. I think the Chargers are going to take this. They're going to put up some points. Trey, I think the Chargers-Chiefs game took so much out of San Diego, the emotion so high. I mean, this was a huge win for San Diego to come back and, and win a game like this on the road. I think Cincinnati had a bye week last week, Trey, and I think they're going to come out fresh. They're going to come out with a, at least those first two possessions they have. They're going to be scripted very well. They've been practicing them. I think they go on the road, and they win this game, Trey, by probably 10 points, I'm going to say. I like Cincinnati big with that bye week. I, I just think San Diego is so inconsistent. Like you said, they're not a very good home team right now, and I think I think Dalton's going to move the football. Well, man, it's possible. I mean, you're right. The bye week is big for them. Um, but I don't know, man. I, you know, just the Chargers have been putting up points. We'll, we'll have to see if you're right on that one. But, you know, sorry, I'll move us on to – uh, another game on our list. We're talking about really the two premier games, the Broncos at the Chiefs. Tarvin, this would have been obviously number one if it wasn't for that Hold big on, Monday Trey. night Hold football. Hello, Trey. Hold on, Trey. You missed number three, the Cardinals at the Eagles. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I got ahead of myself, Tarvin. I was all looking forward <laughs> to that Broncos Chiefs. You're right, Tarvin. The Cardinals at the Eagles actually, to be honest, is going to be an interesting game as well. Seven and four Cardinals, six and five Eagles, Tarvin. Uh, before I make my pick, who you got, buddy? Well, you know, the Eagles are favored in this game at home. I believe they're coming off a bye week as well, which is good. But Arizona is playing some of the best football right now. They're seven and the only problem is they're leaving that dome. They're going up north to Philadelphia, which Philadelphia has only won one home game this year, Trey. They won it the last time they played, I believe. 
this game is going to be very, very close. I like Foles the way he's doing at Philadelphia. The bye week really helped this team get healthy, and it, it just helped them scheme more because Arizona's a defense that you have to prepare for. They're very athletic. They're physical. They can get to the quarterback. But I think this offense has something for Arizona, Trey. I like Philadelphia to get it done Sunday. Yeah, I mean, oh, by the way, the Arizona Cardinals have won four in a row. Um, that's, you know, basically the next best if you're, you're walking down from the Carolina at seven in a row and the Seattle Seahawks at six in a row. I mean, there sits, you know, the next best winning streak in the NFL uh, is the Arizona Cardinals at seven and four. That's, that's surprising. And, you know, they, they beat a quality team last week. But I, I think with Nick Foles being named the starter for the rest of the year, with the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles had a week to just basically scheme against that Cardinal defense, I think they're going to have success. And I still think that Arizona's offense has the ability to be shut down, even by a sort of a lackluster defense for Philadelphia. Um, I just think they're still not in sync. They still don't have a great running game. You know, Andre Ellington is leading that squad. He's starting to get better, but they still can be one-dimensional. So I think the Eagles are going to win this game. Great pick, Trey, and I think everybody in the chat room is is picking the Eagles as well. I know Lacey picked the Eagles, and who did Jason? Jason picked the Cards, so so he picked the Cardinals to stay hot, even though this this game's going to be up north. So so Trey, you got two great games picked for the next two, and I'm interested to see who you have in this one. This is this could easily be the number one game as well. The Denver Broncos coming off that huge. Alabama 24 to nothing over Auburn a couple of years ago in the Iron Bowl losing it. Going to Kansas City, which was coming off a disappointing come from behind loss against the Chargers. Trey, what gives here? Both teams are nine and two. Yeah, and they're both coming off losses. So, you know, Denver, you know that that heartbreaking loss for Denver. You got to wonder, you know, even though Peyton Manning is sort of the leader of this team, what that really meant to them. I mean, Kansas City was nine and zero. It's not just one loss. They're in two losses in a row. That's a big deal, and both of those losses are in the division. So they're now 1-2 and two in the division, which is a big deal uh, when you, know, you have the Denver Broncos at 3-0. and oh. Denver's 6-0 oh at home, Tarvin. They've been amazing at home. But 3-2 and two on the road, uh, where Kansas City is 5-1 and one at home. Tarvin, here's the deal. I'm picking Kansas City in the upset. I know they're not favored. Kansas City at home in Arrowhead Stadium gets it done against Denver and Peyton Manning. Tony there. Can you hear me? Hello, everyone. Can you hear me in the chat room, please? All right, Lacey, Trey. Jason, I'm free in the chat room. Can you hear me? Can you hear? Chat room. Sorry for the technical difficulties, guys. We are having a ton, so I need someone in the chat room to tell me if you can hear or not hear. That is the question. Patterson, Lacey Key, Jason Humphrey in the chat room. Can you hear me, please?
All right, guys, sorry for the technical delays. Can you hear me now, chat room? Trey, Jason, Lacey, anybody in there? Okay, we are back live. Sorry for the technical difficulty. Blog Talk Radio, Trey, must not have liked my pick. I mean, I'm trying to talk about the Chiefs and Broncos, man, and they just they just shut it all down. Shut it down, man. They shut it down. I was I was telling talking about how there was a bunch of crazy predictions and all stuff while we were off the air, and apparently – Apparently, people believed it, I mean, because it was all true. So, uh, Starvin, I picked the Chiefs. Who did you pick in the Broncos game? Well, Trey, uh, this game concerns me because I don't know who to pick, man. The Denver, something's wrong with them. Now going at night on the road. I think this team, after losing that Patriots game, I don't know how they rebound, Trey. I'm going with Kansas City with you. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, but I think the Chiefs right now at home will be able to do it in Arrowhead. So we're both going with the Chiefs. Well, that surprises me, Tarvin. It really does. But uh, there we go. I mean, you know, I'm, we're on safe ground maybe if we're both picking them. Especially since I'm 82-1 and one in the NFL. So, yeah. <laughs> the number one game, Trey, is amazing. The Saints, 9-2, at Seattle, 10-1. and one. Um Trey, does it worry you that New Orleans is traveling all the way across the country, really outside of that dome? That's the first thing I thought of when I saw this game. Well, I, I think I think it absolutely does. Not only that, but I mean, think about Seattle this time of year. That you know, was it going to be raining? Is it going to be cold? You know, Seattle's a five-point favorite, which should tell you a little bit about the confidence that they have in you know Seattle hosting this game and the Saints. Traveling across the country, and the Saints have lost both their games on the road. They're, they've got a three-game winning streak. I mean, but you're talking about a Seattle team who is five and out at home, uh, won six in a row, Tarvin. So and I'll tell you what, man. I'm picking. I, I just don't see Drew Brees winning in Seattle. I, I just don't do it. I, I just can't see it, Tarvin. I'm picking the the Saints to go down. Well, I'm picking Seattle in this game too. I just think Seattle. This is they're ten and one. This is where the real football begins, Trey, for these teams. The weather's changing. Seattle's getting better every week. And, and Trey, will Carolina be looking at this game a little bit, thinking about, wow, we could be tied for first place in this division if we take care of Tampa Bay this Sunday? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. Um, Tampa Bay is actually an interesting matchup. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that is certainly I think, something on their mind that they could be in that position. Yeah, so so tell me real quick, are you impressed with Carolina right now, what they're doing? I know you've been waiting on Cam Newton to, to do it at the end of games on last Sunday against the Dolphins. Big fourth and ten play from his own 20. He hits it, drives him down the field, and wins a football game. Impressed? Yeah, they're putting a lot of things together, and I think you got to be more confident if you're uh, you know a Panthers fan. They're going to be in the postseason. So who are you more impressed with, the defense of Carolina or Cam Newton? Oh, I think the defense has been – I mean, legitimately just stifling. I think obviously Cam Newton's taking a step forward, but I, mean, I thought their defense was going to be good, but I'll be yeah. honest, I didn't think they were going to be this good. Well, I'm telling you, without that defense this year, they would be the same teams as, as they were in the last few years. Well, it goes to show you, when you have a defense you can rely on, it takes the pressure off of Cam Newton and allows, allows him to play within the game and to take what the defense is giving because that defense is stingy. But, Trey, great job picking the games, and it's time now, man. We're not wasting any more time talking about NFL football. We're moving to rivalry week in college, Trey. 
and you you pick 13 games, and, man, every one of them have an interesting storyline to them. I mean, there's some games in here maybe with some big point spreads, but any game in this list is capable of an upset. Let's start off first. Um, Thursday night, the Egg Bowl. Ole Miss 7-4 and four, coming off the disappointing loss to, to Missouri. Travels to Starkville, Trey, 5-6. and six. If Mississippi State wins, they're bowl eligible. So tell me, is this game Dan Mullen's last if he gets embarrassed in this Egg Bowl? Embarrassed, possibly. I mean, anytime you get embarrassed by a rival, uh, yeah, and it's big because, I mean, this is the position, I think, if I'm right, Carbon, that, you know, Starkville was in last year where they had to be Excuse me, they had to beat their rival to make a bowl game. Well, here they are again. They're five and six. If they don't win this game, um, then Ole Miss can keep them from bowling, which is a big deal because again, with all that practice that comes and recruiting, uh, that kind of stuff. I mean, Ole Miss obviously can get a no leg off when it comes to all that stuff against their rival. So, you know, for all those reasons, I think Ole Miss is going to be motivated in this game to keep their, you know, to not only not sort of walk in the same shoes they did the year before, but also to keep Mississippi State from all that extra work they get in and that extra leap in recruiting. So I'm going with Ole Miss, Tarvin, and I know they're uh, a small favorite in this game, but um, I think Ole Miss wins this game. Well, does Mississippi State take some momentum after that win against Arkansas on the road? And and they're coming back home. And remember, Trey, they played Alabama pretty tight a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know. I'm going with Ole Miss just because I think they're – they're just better athletes on that team, and, and going on the road, Hugh Freeze will have them ready. Eight and four would not be a bad season for Ole Miss. No, not at all. I mean, they, they make a decent bowl. Looks like Lacey is picking Ole Miss as well in the chat room. I don't see Jason pick right now, but uh, so oh, he says Ole Miss as well. Ole, so Miss. Ole Miss all around. Yeah, Ole Miss it is, and uh, the number twelve game, the Civil War. Oregon State six and five goes on the road to to Eugene, Oregon. Um, I mean, God, Trey, Oregon. How disappointed are they? Uh, they lost to Arizona in blowout fashion. Now they have to come back and play their rival. Are they going to be in this game, Trey? Is their head are their heads going to be in there enough to be able to beat a rival? Because believe it or not, I think Oregon State wants this game after getting blown out against Washington. Well, yeah, I think Oregon State does because, I mean, this is the year I think they they probably have this game targeted right now. It's, it's probably their best shot in a number of years to actually beat Oregon. Unfortunately, it is uh, at Oregon. But, I mean, you're talking about Oregon. You you heard them talking about not wanting to play in a BCS game, you know, not being interested. You started sort of hitting that, well, man, this, this might not be a focused team. Uh, and that's kind of scary when a team is not focused. I'm interested to see what, you know, our, our mighty duck is saying out, out there in the Pac-12. But uh, this is, uh, you know, you've got to be concerned if, if Oregon, a 9-2 and team, is sort of giving up the ship. And they're 21-and-a-half-point favorites. And I'll tell you, Tarvin, I, I'm worried about the line, but I'm not worried about the loss. And I just don't think Oregon State's good enough um, to beat even a lack-focused Oregon team. I'm going with the Ducks. Yeah, I'm going with the Ducks as well, Trey. It's at home. And, and you know, they've had a disappointing season. They're going to finish 10-2. and two. They're going to make a bowl game and end, end with 11 wins, Trey, which to Oregon fans, that's disappointing. You know, they wanted the 14 wins. But in a way, they didn't get it. They didn't get to play in that Pac-12 championship, and it's their fault. I mean, Stanford beat them, but they had a chance last week to take care of business, to make it. So Jason Humphrey is on the line, the big Ducks fan. Jason, I know you wanted this game to mean something more, but what do you think about this game so far? 
I think I think Oregon should run away with this. Uh, watching the Oregon State Washington game, I don't know if you guys seen that game, but Oregon State got ran over by Washington. Yeah, I did, and and, the, and you know what, Jason? Not not to make fun or anything, but Oregon got ran over by Washington too, or uh, by Arizona. Oregon got beat by Arizona pretty bad in that same fashion. Yeah, yeah, we we just didn't show up and one eyes. I guess like we should win this game. Like I said in my video, um, that I made. If we show up, we should win. If we show up like we did against Arizona, this game's gonna be a little too close to call. Well, Jason, where do you where does the where do the experts have Oregon going in a bowl game wise? If they win, they're ten and two. Are they are they capable of making a BCS with a ten and two record? Um, they are. They're, they're a long shot. I think we're gonna go to San Antonio to play in the Alamo Bowl. But um, winning the ten ten games for six seasons as an Oregon program, that's nothing to laugh about. No, I mean, if you if you had told me before the season that Oregon would be in the Alamo Bowl, I would have I would have laughed at you because I thought this team is, at the least would be in a BCS bowl game because of what they had coming back and everything. So, yeah, so how how do you how do you feel about after you win this game and you win your bowl game, your eleven? Do you have a chance maybe next year to to do something better than eleven wins? Well, if Marcus comes back, we should be a preseason. Five or top ten team, but if Marcus doesn't come back, I don't know. <laughs> um, so it, it depends who comes back and who stays. But if everybody comes back, Oregon should be right in there. So all right, all right, Jason, man, thanks for calling in, Trey. I don't think it's going to be any doubt that Mariota comes back. I don't think the NFL really wants him right now after the last few weeks. No, I think he has to come back. I mean, he, uh, you, you heard sort of Mel Kuyper and the other guys talking about how he is a legitimate prospect. But, I mean, does he really want to be a fifth round, fourth round, third round guy, or does he want to be a top, you know, top, you know, one or two round guy? I think he's going to have to stay in the school in, in school another year to to get that extra couple rounds. And I, I think he'll come back. Well, Trey, I, I know I know this game we're about to talk about kind of makes you feel good knowing that. That Florida State going on. I mean, before the season, when you were thinking going to the to, to swamp, you didn't feel great about it, probably. But after watching the last few weeks of football and Florida getting pimp slapped by Georgia Southern, and I don't know if you saw that play where they were tackling each other on a play. Actually, Florida was during this game. I think yeah. they lost focus of of who's on their team and who's not. But I mean, this reminds me of Auburn. Honestly, the way they played last year, the way the Gators are doing now. Your big rival, you're playing them, and, and and some fans out there think that maybe you could keep it close. But Trey, as a neutral party out here looking at it, this game is going to get ugly. I think this team has quit on Will Muschamp. I don't think they have a chance to really move the ball. I think Florida State smells blood, and I think they're going to go after this rival not only just to to punish them, but to help in recruiting. I think Jimbo Fisher and this team is going to make a statement on Saturday. Well, I think you could be right in their focus. But here's the one stat to keep an eye on, Tarvin, that I talked about in the sort of leading up to the show. 
Florida is still number seven nationally in defense. Uh, so they still, despite, you know, losing to Georgia Southern without even giving up a pass, you know, even a completion and, you know, blocking is <laughs> happening themselves at times, which no, there's no doubt about it. I watched some loop for about 50 times in a row and probably wet myself laughing at it. Um, but, you know, Florida State, the highest-ranked defense they've played this year, Tarvin, 27th-ranked Clemson. So, you know, that's something to watch out for. They haven't played a defense that is as well-coached as Muschamp. And we'll see if, if, you know, the freshman who honestly could have a lot of distractions off the field is focused enough for a defense that could actually cause him some problems. I think – I'm not saying that I think Florida State loses this game, Tarvin, but I think that 27-point spread may be a little too high. Uh, so I, I think the defense for Florida frustrates Florida State for a little bit. But I just think the Florida State defense is going to cause a lot of turnovers, and Florida State is going to make this a, a sort of pull away here in the, after the halftime. Well, what scares you if you're a Florida State fan is is the Georgia Southern game. And, and you know, looking at Florida, Trey, they have five-star athletes all over that field. And if they, they could put it together one game and, and just blow your rival season away, I mean, that would kill Florida State. And I think, it would it would give a lot of good grades. It would they would forgive Will Muschamp Trey for a for a five and eight five and seven season actually if they can beat Florida State and finish five and seven, I think that would be almost as good as winning the SEC in Florida Gators fans' eyes right now. Well, yeah, and like I said, I mean their defense is still pretty darn good, um, and we'll see how how well they come out in this game this year. If they're giving up, Tarvin, this is going to get so ugly so fast. But if they haven't. And if they can get a couple turnovers out of Winston, you know, fluster him, then this is going to be a ball game. We'll see. I mean, I, I think Florida State wins. I'm going to call 17 points for That's what I'm calling. Um, so I just think Florida State is going to be, um, you know, there's a lot of talent on defense that can handle Florida State offensively for a little bit of time. Well, just to let everybody know it's worried about style points. If Florida State wins by one point, they don't drop a bit in the BCS. Everything's still fine. This is rival week. Florida State's done enough this season to secure that number two spot at least. So don't worry about that. The next game, Trey, is is a is a game in the Big Ten that that's very intriguing to me. You have the the Minnesota Gophers, Trey, eight and three. I mean, very surprising team going on the road at number eleven, Michigan State, ten and one. You know, I've been watching Michigan State film this week, looking back and forth at them. And Trey, honestly, after watching them play. I'm sold on that defense, and, and that offense has come to life in the last few weeks. So Michigan State's playing their best football in November right now. Yeah, and the reason I have this game is so interesting is, you know, Michigan State has been getting hyped up for the first time in really years, and we've seen it time and time again this time of year. You know, teams can't handle being hyped up, and now Michigan State already locked into the Big, 12, excuse me, the Big Ten Championship. And they're talking about that collision course with Ohio State, how Michigan State is that team that might take them down. Well, you have to win all your games to get there, Tarvin, and they still are going to make that, that you know championship game. But uh, I just think you know, this is one of those focus games. We're going to see how well they're coached and how well they're focused because they're you know a big favorite. You know They're probably getting a lot of pats on the back this week. And that Minnesota team is hungry. They play very well for their coaches. They play outside their talent level. I think Minnesota's going to be surprising in this game. That 14.5-point spread, I just don't see it, Tarvin. I think this is going to be a close game, but Michigan State's defense is going to be the difference. I think they win, but I think Minnesota's going to play tough. 
I think you're exactly right, and and I don't care who you are. It's human nature. You're locked in. You know you're not winning a national championship, Trey, if you're Michigan State. That's not even probably possible. But if you look, you're looking two weeks away. That's what you're looking for is to be able to beat Ohio State. And I know it sounds crazy, but I think Michigan State is looking ahead. And will it be enough to, to cause them a win? It could because Minnesota is a team that's balanced. They play fundamentally sound. They're defensively, I mean, playing good. Michigan State's not a powerhouse either, Trey, so you can't afford to take them for granted. I'm with you. That 14-and-a-half-point spread is a little high. I think I saw Lacey picking the Gophers in this game, which is surprising to me. Trey, I'm going to pick Michigan State by maybe less than a touchdown against Minnesota. This team's pretty good. They're not ranked anymore because of that loss to Wisconsin. But this is a good, good intriguing matchup. I'll be watching. Yeah, so that moves us on to uh, another Pac-12 matchup, Tarvin, uh, which is, you know, another game we have on our list right after this, our number nine game. Arizona is 7-4 and four, coming off that really blasting of Oregon. They're on the road against the number 12 ranked um, Arizona State squad, who are 9-2. and two. Uh, Tarvin, tell me this. I mean, is this game a, really a 12-point spread for Arizona State after Arizona just beat Oregon? Yeah, because it's it's Arizona State plays so good at home, and and you know Arizona now. I mean, they looked good the other day at home, but you saw Rich Rodriguez. He's lost four this year. I just don't think he's consistent enough on the road to be able to go in and beat Arizona State. But this rivalry, Trey, if you look at the past, there's been a lot of upsets, and people don't really look at this anymore. But this game's very important. I think it's going to be close, but I think Arizona State pulls away at the end and they win at home only because they're home, Trey. Yeah, you're right. Arizona State's undefeated at home. Both their losses at Notre Dame and at Stanford this year. That win last week, Tarvin, their last game uh, at UCLA, really impressed me for Arizona State, made me believe. Uh, but then again, this is, again, one of those teams that now has all this hype. Uh, I believe they've locked themselves into the, the Pac-12 championship. I'm not right, Tarvin. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Yeah. So, again, another team that's kind of hyped up, and Tarvin, here comes their rival to town who have nothing to play for other than just smacking their rival around. So, I think this is a super dangerous game for Arizona State. Again, I don't like the sport at all. I think Arizona State gets it done, Tarvin. But this is one of the ones that I'm putting Arizona State on severe upset alert. I think Rich Rodriguez and them have, have much – come in much looser of a team. So, we'll see. Yeah, and I think Arizona State plays loose in a way because they've clinched, too. That could be beneficial being at home, just to, just to keep an eye on that. And, Trey, the next game, I, I know everybody, Duke is 24th, 8-3, and three, at North Carolina 6-5. and five. Believe it or not, Trey, Duke's a pretty big underdog in this game. Yeah, exactly. And that's, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head of exactly why I put this game on, on, on this list is because and why I moved it to where I did is because, you know, Duke, they're a win and get into the ACC championship game, and they're a six-point dog at North Carolina. So, you know, Tarvin, I mean, was is Vegas wrong, or is Duke really going to lose this game? I, I think Duke's going to have trouble going on the road. and I, I think that's what the problem is. Look, Duke's got a lot to play for. How are they going to play with this kind of pressure on them? I mean, they have a chance to go 9-3 and three and play Florida State. Maybe the line's that high because maybe, Trey, Duke doesn't want to play Florida State. They'd rather just go to a good bowl game and get it over with instead of taking a beating against Florida State. I'm going to go with North Carolina. 
in the upset trade just because I don't know if Duke's – I mean, I don't ever remember a time Duke's played in a game that's meaningful, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this is kind of the theme this week. Probably I'm, I'm sort of calling it the hype theme this week where you have all these teams who got all this love and are now going to rivals or tough games on the road, and you get to see how well they're focused, how well they're coached. I mean, North Carolina started off the season terrible. They were 1-5 and five to start the season. I mean, so 1-5, and five, Sarvin, they have, they have won five straight games to get a 6-5. So they, they were on the brink of being outside of a bowl game in October. And they have now, and now here in the precipice of December, you know, they are solidly in a bowl and have a shot to knock off Duke out of the ACC championship game. They just put up 80 points last week against uh, some nobody, but they still put up 80 points. You know, I, I think North Carolina's figured something out, and uh, I think they beat Duke. I, just, I don't think Duke's ready for the spotlight. I think UNC wins, and that's one of their favorites. Yeah, I mean, this is huge for a rival to, to spoil their season because you know Duke fans believe. They don't check point spreads out, Trey. They don't look at stuff like this, but I wonder what they'd think if they were underdogs. But that's going to be a great game. And another great game that the Georgia Bulldogs with their quarterback, Aaron Murray, traveling to Georgia Tech. And, and, you know, listening to the radio here in Atlanta this week, Trey, these Georgia Tech fans are all of a sudden cocky now that Murray's not coming in. Should they be? They're at home. Should they be cocky that, that they can beat Georgia now? Yeah, it's kind of funny that you're hearing that. I think I've heard the exact opposite, which is Georgia basically saying that they don't care who's out of their game, that, that Georgia Tech has no shot. Uh, so three-point line, Georgia's still favored, even though they're at Tech. Um, here's, the, here's the question that I have for you, Tarvin, is Georgia, you know, Aaron Murray is not going to play in this game. Uh, the backup for Georgia, you know, decently hyped up kid, uh, but – you know, they still have Gurley. They still have that running attack. But is the real question here at this game, Tarvin, can they stop that option attack of Georgia Tech? Well, going into the Auburn game, they were like 20th in the nation against the run. But they haven't seen a running attack like they have against Auburn and Georgia Tech. They're going to see it takes a lot of discipline to stop running attacks like this. Trey, I worry about Georgia with a new quarterback, but, but the thing that concerns me is Georgia Tech being able to stop the run. Georgia has the athletes to make adjustments and to get them off the field sometimes. So even with a backup quarterback, I like the linebackers and the ends of Georgia to be able to control the line of scrimmage, Trey. I've watched Georgia Tech play this year. I'm not impressed at all, man. Not enough to, to give them an upset. I don't even think it's going to be close. I think Georgia wins this game by a couple of touchdowns at least. Too many athletes on that field, Trey. Well, I mean, uh, that's a that's a good pick. I mean, you know, Gurley certainly is still on the field, and we've seen what he can do sort of almost single-handedly uh, against opponents. But here's a stat to throw at you, Tarvin. Right now, Georgia Tech is, is a ninth in the nation against the rush. Uh, and I'm not so fast, man. I think Georgia Tech gets the upset. I just think the new quarterback for Georgia, I'm going Lacey Keys got me in the chat room. She's got my back on this one, uh, even though Jason Humphrey's got your back. I'm going – I'm going Georgia Tech, the Yellow Jackets, sting the Bulldogs in their first shot to really win this rivalry game in a long time. You know, uh, you know, a Bulldog doesn't even feel the sting, Trey, of a bee. <laughs> well, but they haven't felt the sting from back in a long time, buddy, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, the next game is is a game that I think people are overlooking, Trey, and I, I think Michigan 7-4, and four, they've struggled this year. Especially the last few, they've looked terrible. Ohio State comes in 11-0 and at number three. 
Trey, this game is a huge rival game, and Michigan hasn't shown me that they can score a lot of points, but Ohio State hasn't really shown me either that they have a defense. Can Michigan, by a miracle, Trey, pull an upset and cause some BCS chaos early in the morning on Saturday? Well, I think it's possible. I mean, this is a 16-point line. This is this is a rivalry, but it seems to have a lot of big lines. If you go through the history of this game, I mean, there seems to be a lot of blowouts. This is not one of those rivalries that's always close. Michigan, you know, they lost they lost to Iowa, man. They're coming off a loss to Iowa. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, Ohio State has been really focused uh, recently. They seem to have figured out a lot of things. They haven't played a close game in a while. I don't think this is going to be close, Tarvin. Ohio State's going to win this running away. Well, if Michigan can win this game, Trey, they they could make a New Year's Day Bowl, maybe a, a Outback, Capital One, something with eight wins. Usually Big Ten teams get rewarded a little bit, but I, I just don't see them being able to score. And I know Ohio State's defense is not that good, but is it possible, Trey, that the Michigan team, they have quit on, on Brady Hoke and that coaching staff? Because it looks like to me, that they they have no faith in themselves anymore, and that just like I mean they, they want this season over with. Um, that's a that's a fair point, man. We'll have to see because I just don't see a whole lot to really look at this game and think Michigan has a shot the way Ohio State's actually playing right now. I just think that, I, I think you could be onto something, man. They have a lot, they have a good recruiting class coming in, but I mean this is you know I'm not seeing a whole lot to build on right now from this team. Trey, could you imagine the pressure on Auburn? or maybe the joy, if they look, before they kick off, they look up and Michigan has pulled the upset on number three, meaning if Auburn won that game, they would be at number two if the BCS came out. I mean, this could be interesting early, but I just don't see it happening, man. I think Michigan State has the best chance to beat Ohio State because of that defense. And, Trey, this could be a 28-point game, honestly, when it's all said and done. Yeah, I agree completely, man. All right, the next game, the overrated Notre Dame Fighting Irish versus the overrated Stanford Cardinal trade. Who do you got? Who do you got? Well, yeah, this is uh, you know this is up high because you know somebody decided to rank Notre Dame again. I don't know why <laughs> we're doing this, and I you know unfortunately you know, I know Quinn's got some stuff going on, but Quinn's not here to back up Notre Dame in our show. You know, sort of the sole Fighting Irish fan. Uh, look, Notre Dame shouldn't be ranked. They're eight and three. They're going to get blasted by Stanford. That's just the bottom line. Stanford's going to win this game by the point spread. Yeah, I mean Stanford play is playing good after that. Even after they lost, they they come back and they look great last week. And Trey, you got to feel good if you're Stanford, knowing you're going to the Pac-12 championship game and you're going to possibly make a BCS bowl game. I mean, you have to have some confidence. I mean, 10-win season or 11-win going into the BCS Bowl would be huge. And Stanford's not the type of team that they quits in adversity or they quit after a loss. Notre Dame's in trouble, Trey. I just don't think they can score at all. The over-under on this game is 49, and Stanford's favorite 15. What that tells me is they're looking at something like a, a 38-7 to game, maybe something like that. Notre Dame's going to get exposed, Trey, and I wonder if they'll go up in the polls after this game. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, the next game is is a very intriguing game. You have at number four, the twenty second ranked UCLA Bruins, eight and three, on the road. It's surprisingly number twenty three, Southern California, nine and three. Trey, um, I think you meant eight and three, or right? You had USC nine and three. No, they're, they're nine and three. Yeah, they're nine and three. This is their last game of the year. 
They play yeah, that you only played the year off. Yeah, but you only played 12, though. I thought they were 8-4. and four. I thought they've lost four games. Nope, 9-3. and three. They, they, The Hawaii game is the one that was kind of messed up their schedule. Uh, they went out to Hawaii, sort of uh, at Hawaii game to start the year off. They were sort of mini bowl game. But there you go, they're 9-3. I had to double-check it myself. Okay, okay. Well, looking at this game, Trey, I mean, it's in the Coliseum, right? And last year they went to UCLA and got embarrassed. Yep. Ed, Ed Orgeron, if he wins this game, I mean, is he going to be the new coach at Southern Cal? Are they going to fall into that trap? Well, it's possible. I mean, they've won five in a row, including a win, uh, you know, against Stanford. Uh, they beat Oregon State. He's going to bowl, good old bowl game. Um, they did lose to Notre Dame, so there's that. Uh, but, you know, this is a team that's played very well. They got blasted by Arizona State. They've been in every single game, including a seven-point win against Arizona. So they have played everybody tough from here from since the time that, you know, Eddie O took over. Um, Tarvin, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Is USC going to beat UCLA? Um. I don't think so, Trey. Uh, I think UCLA, but let me go back a minute. I know I'm looking at it. It says nine and three, Trey, but all all teams play 12 games. I'm just confused right now. Help me make make sense of this real quick. We won't waste much time on it, but all teams play 12. UCLA's eight and three. They're ending their season. If they win, they're nine and three. So USC, how are they playing 13 regular season games? Uh, I, I remember at the very beginning of the year, it has, it has everything to do with the Hawaii game. They played at Hawaii at the very beginning of the year, and that's the reason why they played an extra game. Um, but I don't know, I don't know why they did it, Tarvin. I can't tell you. Okay, I just think that's unfair, really, for them to get another game. It can hurt them and it can help them. But I like UCLA in this game, Trey, to bounce back after that loss. And if you watch the way they dominated Southern Cal last year, Trey, I think the same players are here. I wonder about USC's ability to score points. That's what worries me a little bit of trying to pick them. I like UCLA. I think they're a better football team. I think the line's hopped a little bit because Southern Cal's been hot. But don't let it fool you, Trey. UCLA wins this football game. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you completely. I think UCLA is, one, they're focused. I don't think they're going to look past USC. I think the recruiting battle is also very important. I think UCLA knows that, they, you know, with USC getting momentum, they have to win this game. And I think they're going to be very focused in this game because they want to go to a better bowl and they want to win that recruiting battle in Southern California. So I think UCLA wins this game. I mean, this is not necessarily that big of a road game. They don't really travel that far anyway. So, But this is a big rivalry, and I think UCLA is – I mean, there's no way to look past this, you know, given all USC's hype right now. So I think UCLA, Todd Hundley, make the difference here. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, Southern Cal is eligible for a bowl game this year, correct? You know, that's the question I had, and maybe Jason Humphrey, our Pac-12 guy, can tell me that that's the yeah. reason why I thought they scheduled that Hawaii game. So was that that's sort of their bowl game. Um, but Jason, let us know in the chat room, buddy, if you know differently. But I, th- I think they're not. I think I think that's the reason why. But I, I could be wrong, Kevin. Yeah, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I I just don't understand how they can play 13. And I think you're right, Trey. They could possibly be. Under one more year of bowl sanctions, maybe I don't know, but we'll we'll check into that and let everybody know. But you're picking UCLA, I'm picking UCLA. Now these next three games are fun too, Trey. You have Johnny Manziel. He looked like Johnny Gazelle last week. I mean, 21 going up against number five Missouri Trey. And the bad thing about this, this game's in Missouri. 
and they're a very balanced team. Anyway, Johnny Manziel puts on a show and gets back into that Heisman race and ruins Missouri's uh, SEC title hopes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, even though Johnny Manziel looked terrible last week, played himself out of the Heisman race, at least until we know what's going on with Winston, I mean, this is still a winnable game for them. And they fell pretty far in the polls. I mean, they, they fell, you know, they're down looking at a loss, and they can be out of the out of the top 25, and that's a pretty big deal for how far A&M fell this year. You talk about, you know, being in a BCS game last year, all the hype for Manziel winning a Heisman, and now if they lose this game, they're not even ranked anymore, so at least they have a shot not to be. So Missouri uh, has all the pressure here, and Johnny Manziel doesn't, so they absolutely have a shot, Tarvin. And, Trey, I'm going to pick the upset in this game. I think Johnny Manziel and that Texas A&M offense will have not much trouble at all scoring. Missouri's going to feel that pressure now. I think they felt it against South Carolina, Trey, that week when they came in and they blew that lead. They froze up. I think they're going to freeze up again. Johnny Manziel comes in after everybody's kicking him. He's down. He's a terrible quarterback now. He's overrated, blah, blah, blah. Johnny Manziel comes in and puts about 45 up on Missouri, maybe 50, and they spoil Missouri's season, and South Carolina is going to represent the East in the SEC championship game. Boom. Boom, there you go. That's a great pick. I mean, you guys talk about Johnny Manziel. I mean, how many times has he had back-to-back bad games? I don't think he ever has. So I think we're looking at this as being possibly, you know, one of those Manziel moments that we're all going to remember is the Saturday Night kickoff, Carmen, 6.45 p.m. Uh, this is so this is a big game on ESPN. Everybody's going to be watching this game. And, Carmen, you're looking at, you know, Missouri. you, you got to wonder. We've been sort of questioning them all year long. They haven't faced an elite player like Manziel. But, you know, the one thing that, that, that you look at, they're 109th, Tarvin, 109th against the pass. So Manziel is absolutely going to have a field day with them. Uh, so I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Uh, I think with Franklin back, though, Tarvin, I think the Missouri does get a stop. Manziel does something, you know, silly with the football, and Missouri's going to hold on tightly to this game. But I'm thinking Missouri very, very, very close. Razor thin. Yeah, I mean, 109th in pass defense, really? Yeah, it's, it's not good. <laughs> wow, well, maybe I could quarterback against them, but – the next game, you talk about – I don't remember if you remember this when Lou Holtz was the coach of South Carolina, Trey, when Clemson, they had a big brawl. I'm talking about where neither team could go to a bowl game. It was so bad. Lou Holtz was from last year, which is funny. Uh, South Carolina's number 10. You know, they're Clemson's number 6. Believe it or not, Trey, South Carolina's a favorite in this game. How big is this game for Clemson, really, to – to kind of prove that they are a legitimate team again because we haven't heard from them since Florida State beat them by 90 in Clemson. I mean, South Carolina 9-2, and two, I don't think South Carolina's great. I don't. I think they're very beatable. Should they be an underdog? Should Clemson be an underdog in this game, Trey? Well, yeah, it is on the road. And, you know, South Carolina is a quality football team. They're uh, obviously very tough at home. Steve Sperrier always beats somebody big every year. And, you know, you could count the Missouri win as that win this year. You know, maybe. I mean, they did it. I mean, Missouri is a top ten team, but I mean, certainly, I mean, a five point favorite, Tarvin. That 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 lane line is definitely interesting me. I and mean, this isn't a three point, two point a half. This is a five point favorite. Yeah, I think Steve Spurrier hates Davo Sweeney. I think he hates Clemson, and I think he's going to do everything in his power to beat these guys. 
I know Clemson, they can't play in the ACC championship game, Trey. They can't win the national title after that. But for the Clemson team finishes 11-1 and one and goes to a BCS bowl game, they're playing for a lot right now. They're playing for pride. But I think the running game of Clemson, the physical offensive line, and that defensive line for Clemson will be the difference. I think South Carolina gets it done, Trey, but I think it's by a field goal close to the end of regulation. They win by two points and pull it out. Yeah, I mean, let's not, I mean, let's not forget last year, Clemson, to beat LSU in, you know, in a big bowl game, uh, they lost the game to South Carolina at home, 27-17, to 17, I think was the final score, if I recall correctly. And they had a lot riding last year, Tarvin, and they blew it at home. But, you know, Ty's boys, his senior year, Tarvin, I think now this year they get a little revenge on Carolina. I think Clemson goes into South Carolina. They pull off the upset, uh, and they go their way to a BCS bowl game 11-1. Wow, what a game. That, what time does that kick off, Trey? Do you know? I think it's at yeah, uh, 7 o'clock. Yeah, it's a 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern kickoff. ESPN2. Well, well, hopefully after that Iron Bowl, our number one game, I'll be able to watch some of these. And, Trey, I gave my Iron Bowl ticket up. I couldn't go. I have family obligations. Can you believe that, that Brian Tarvin is not going to the Iron Bowl? Man, I, I thought for that to happen, Tarvin, that, that you would have to have, um, like, major surgery or maybe in some sort of accident where you forgot who you were. Uh, is, is one of those things going on? Nope. It's just, you know, I, I, the ticket came last minute, and it was yesterday I got offered the ticket. I've already made family plans for Thanksgiving and things lined up, and, you know, if this if this ticket would have been given to me a week ago, maybe I could have I could have gone. But the way it all lined up, I'm going to be with family, which that's a great thing. It's the thing is Thanksgiving right now, Trey. So I'm going to enjoy watching this Iron Bowl with family, a bunch of Auburn fanatics too. So there's going to be over 200,000 people in Auburn Saturday. You know, they can't all go to the game, but I'd like to stack them all in. I bet Auburn would just. Forget the hazards. Forget any kind of fire, marshals, trade. Just, just put everybody in that stadium. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think that'd be some sort of soccer riot going on. Yeah. <laughs> but guys, this is this is a game. And Trey, I know you you you've lived in Alabama. How big is that Iron Bowl in your mind? When you you've lived there, you're a Florida State fan. But tell us how fanatical these two fan bases are. Well, I mean, you got to think about Alabama. Is there are there are no professional sports teams uh, sort of anywhere near? I mean, the closest you have is Atlanta teams. Uh, so, I mean, there's no professional teams in Mississippi. There's none in in Tennessee. I mean, this is um, well. I guess there are. Sorry, there are the Titans now. But I mean, for the for the longest time, there weren't. Uh, I mean, there was nothing outside of Atlanta. So this was the mecca of all sports. Really, you know, for years and years and years, was Auburn and Alabama. So. You have the fan bases that are fanatical in the way that, you know, some of the NFL fan bases are, and you magnify that times 10 because there's nothing else, you know, here to root for when it comes to, you know, sports. So these are the professional sports when it comes down to Alabama. Well, looking at this game, Trey, and I don't – it's been since the 70s. I remember in 89 when I was a kid, Auburn played their first home game against Alabama and Jordan-Hare. Alabama was number two in the country, and Auburn beat them. Uh, by 10 points, which was – it was so huge and it was so big of an environment. 
that James Joseph, the running back for Auburn, passed out during Tiger Walk. He fainted because it was he was just so pumped up and the adrenaline was going so high. This is an 11-0 Bama team on the brink, Trey, of, of building the dynasty here, three national championships in a row, I believe. And just what A.J. McCarron's done at quarterback, going at Auburn, number four, a 10-1 team that was 3-9 and nine last year, Trey. Auburn's gotten better every week. Tell us what you think about this game from a neutral party here. Well, I mean, this this game is going to come down to, I think, two areas. Uh, one is uh, the Auburn defense. You know, Tarvin, that they have been tested at times. They are, you know, Auburn's defense is 95th against the pass and 52nd against the run. So Auburn's defense has not really – uh, been all that impressive, Tarvin. I don't know if you're rustling a lot of papers there, Tarvin. Maybe a lot of stats for me coming up. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, but Auburn's offense, Tarvin, you're talking about their offense, second in the nation in rushing, 106 in passing. So th- when I look at this game, Tarvin, what I'm looking at is can an offense, that, that, that defense for Auburn, actually step up? Because they're going to have to. And they, they haven't necessarily had the best luck doing that this year and being 95th against the pass and being 52nd against the rush. Uh, and then you look at the opposite side, Tarvin, and what I'm looking at the keys to the game is, you know, Auburn's strength has been the rushing defense, where Alabama's defense, by the way, is fourth in the nation against the rush. So you have number two in the nation, strength, number four in the nation, defense, strength against Alabama. Alabama's also eighth in the nation on defense uh, when it comes down to passing, third overall in the nation overall. So, this is going to be strength on strength against the rush, and it's going to come down to, you know, can that defense for Auburn make a play, and can Nick Marshall, uh, you know, read the defense well and make a play there? Because I think Alabama is going to be able to force him and to make plays. So that's what I look at the keys to the game, Tarvin. Well, everybody's hyping it up, and I know home field is huge. I mean, that's one thing Auburn can can hang their hat on is that crowd, but it's it's all about blocking and tackling. I know it's cliche, Trey, but can Auburn tackle? And that physical, physical game of Alabama, they they try to impose their will. I think the key is for Auburn has to have uh, monumental days with their linebackers. They're undersized at linebacker. And, you know, Trey, Alabama, they'll three-yard you to death, and then all of a sudden they'll just start busting big runs on you. And that worries me a little bit. Auburn's going to have to tackle well with their safeties, their linebackers. Everybody's going to have to play their part. But one thing about their defense, Trey, you look statistically, they do give up some yards. But once they get into the red zone, you get in there, they force you into field goals. And that's what they're going to have to do to Alabama. They're going to have to prevent the big play. Uh, A.J. McCarron's a good quarterback. He can he has some big receivers, a tight end that he can throw to, running backs out of the backfield. Trey, I think field goals are the key. Can Auburn stop Alabama from scoring touchdowns? Because I really do believe the key to this game, too, is Gus Malzahn's play calling, the way the offense, how they trick Alabama, how they keep them off balance. Because we know Auburn's not going to come in and try, Trey, to run the ball down Alabama's throat. Do you think they're going to come out and try to establish the run early? I think they're going to come out and throw the football to open up the run. What do you think? So I think that's, that's very possible. I think one of the other things that Auburn may do is do a short passing screen type of game. And the other thing they might do, Tarvin, is you, have to, you can't put this pass miles on is say, look, this is our strength. We can beat your strength of ours and see what happens there too. Yeah, this is 
Can you imagine, Trey, if Auburn pulls this game out? They're a 10-point underdog right now. And, you know, before the game started last week, they were saying it's going to be 17. I knew it couldn't be that high. Auburn plays too well at home. And, Trey, when I watch Malzahn talk, when I see his interviews and everything, I feel like he knows something that we don't know. He feels confident. This team believes that they can win. How do you think Gus Malzahn's play calling is going to be compared to the other games? Because I really think it's been very conservative in 11 games, Trey. In 11 games, they have not opened up the playbook, in my opinion. And that's just my opinion from what I've seen Malzahn do in the years past and the talent on this team. What do you think about how they call plays up to now? Well, I, I, I kind of think they haven't opened it up because, one, that they have to. But the other thing is I think they're a little scared to with McMarkle and Carbon. Dude, I don't know what you're doing, man, but you're 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 getting a lot of paper, a lot of paperwork shuffling. It sounds like, man. Trey, I'm not touching anything. Hold on, just a second. Hold on, I'm not. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I promise. I'm just sitting here talking. I know I don't touch papers while I'm while I'm working here. It's all in my brain, man. All in my brain. We thought you were reading a novel, but, man. That's what that's what we thought you were doing. <laughs> I'm, over here, I'm over here trying to cut my wrist with paper thinking about last year's <laughs> Iron Bowl. Well, I mean, it's so, I mean, you could be right, man. I mean, on that, tell me about this, man. How does how does Auburn and does Auburn have a game plan for Christian Jones on special teams? Yeah, kick it away from him. That's their plan. If you notice on kickoffs, nobody returns to Georgia. If you notice the other day, they never return one kickoff. And I think the punter, Stephen Clark, is going to have to angle the ball to the out of bounds. You don't want to lose momentum and kill your crowd, Trey, by giving up a big touchdown. That's a huge point you brought up, and I've thought about that all week. Auburn wins a special teams battle because they don't allow Alabama to do anything in special teams. So I think the edge goes to the Tigers in this one. All right, Tarvin. So I'm going to give my pick on this, and then I think we're all going to let you make your pick, and I, I want to hear from Lacey Key, who is uh, in the chat room, a big Auburn fan as well. Hopefully, she can get the courage enough to call in and tell us about the Tigers. But Tarvin, I, you know, I look at this game, and I just, you know, the defense for Alabama has been so impressive. There is, I mean, they haven't really given up a lot of points to anybody, and in, 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 outside of Johnny Manziel, I think Auburn's going to score, Tarvin. But I just, I really worry about Nick Marshall. I haven't seen him have the kind of game. I think he, if he plays to his talent level, Tarvin, Auburn will win this game because he's going to have to have a 300-plus yard game passing, and Auburn's going to have to really challenge those DBs. If they do that, they win. But uh, right now, Tarvin, I'm going to pick the tie, but it's going to be super close. I'm going a three-point game uh, tied win. Three-point game tied wins. We have a caller. Uh, you're on way in sports. Uh, 256 area code. How's it going? It's good. How are you guys doing? Oh, very hey, good, Lacey. I have the courage to call in, so boom. Well, I, I, I need I need I need Smelly here to to keep you uh, to keep you in line. If he's here, I he's think good. Smelly is here. Lacey, Smelly is in the house. Chris Smelly, how's it going, buddy? Oh, roll tide! God, roll tide, baby, roll tide, roll tide, roll off the cliff. To take that. <laughs> well, hold on, Lacey. Before we go, Alabama fan Chris Smelly here. Chris, 
man, it, it, I mean, you've been around the Iron Bowl just as long as I have. Is this the biggest game, in your opinion, in the Iron Bowl? Since I've been alive, it has been. I don't think I think it's only what the third time they've been both ranked in the top five, I believe, in Iron Bowl history, or second time. I can't remember what it is, but yeah, it's the biggest one in my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, are you a little nervous going into this game, being a Bama fan, or do you feel pretty good about it? Uh, honestly, I feel pretty confident about it. Uh, I think my projection was like 38 to 17. So, oh, uh, my God. Decided, Look, all y'all have is a run game, and that's Bama especially stopping the run. And Nick Marshall cannot pass, 58%. I mean, come on, he cannot pass. Even if our secondary is weak, I ain't worried about it. Just as long as we stop Trey Mason – and Alabama's ex-running back, Corey Grant, y'all welcome, and we'll be all right. <laughs> or, or, you know, or that y'all don't make four turnovers. And, I mean, because remember two weeks ago? You remember that game that y'all should have lost? You mean the one we won? Yeah, I remember that one. <clears throat> it was sad. It was pathetic. But, Lacey, Lacey, I, I think, you know, some Bama fans, I mean, Auburn fans, we know our players, but Alabama fans know their players and their teams better than anybody. I think Alabama fans are going to be surprised at how good Nick Marshall is, Lacey. You know, I really, really hope that they do. I cannot wait to pull that card on them after the game. I cannot wait. (laughs) Smelly. Smelly. Smelly, Trey said that Nick Marshall had to throw for 300 yards for them to win. Do you think it has to be that much? Well, I mean, it took, what, Manziel threw for, like, 500 yards and still lost. So, yeah, he'll take 300-plus. Well, didn't he put the same sets up against the Auburn game? I mean, or kind of close there? Yeah, Yeah, what's your point? Point, I mean – you're you're playing that card when Auburn beat them, so that's irrelevant. No, I'm just saying that, you know, if John Mazzell can throw 500 yards and can beat us, then, yeah, Marshall has do the same thing. Okay. Unless y'all get y'all's run game established, which I doubt it. I mean, y'all may – I think y'all get around 180 total rushing yards is my prediction. Really? Yeah, that's just what I said, so, yeah, really. Yeah, I remember, guys. I've I've seen a lot of Alabama games, and 180 yards would be actually pretty good against that defense. So if you put 180 uh, rushing yards, maybe 250 passing is what the number I thought, guys, and I could be wrong. So 250, 180, that's 430 yards. If they can play defense, if Auburn can, I think that's enough. I think 180 yards rushing and 250 passing, Trey, tell me if I'm wrong, would be enough for Auburn to pull out a victory in this game. Well, I mean, Tara, I think that you have to get over 300 yards pass, and the reason is, is I think you are going to have a tough time running the football. You're going to have some success because you have a very talented, you know, scheme running game. But I think when it comes down to it, you have to have big plays from Nick Marshall down the field because you're not going to keep Alabama, I mean, given the numbers that Auburn's put up defensively this year, I mean, you're going to see Alabama scoring a lot in this game, too. And, and obviously, A.J. McCarron isn't scared of a big game. So, you know, I think you're going to have to have a lot of points. This, the only way Auburn wins this game is if it turns into a shootout, a la what happened with, you know, the A&M game. Obviously, Alabama got the better end of that, but that doesn't mean they get the better end every single time. I think that's what your Auburn you want to see is a, 
you know, 41, 38 game. And I think if that's the case, then you have Alabama in their weakness. Well, Chris, uh, Chris Smelly, uh, if Auburn wins this game, well, what's going to happen with the Alabama fan nation? I mean, Harvey Updike in 2010 did some bad things. What happens this time? I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't put it past I mean, it's, I couldn't even guess. I mean, I'd never guess somebody would kill a tree, so there's no telling with this rivalry what will happen. I'm taking Miles on as soon as that game's over, and I'm, I'm, I'm just – throwing him in the locker room. I'm not letting him be outside anywhere doing interviews, even though this game's at Auburn. I mean, there's crazy fans on both sides, guys. So this game worries me a little bit because Auburn and Alabama are usually never this good together. And and even in 2010, Bama had three losses, and they were a very good team, but they struggled with injuries. Chris, I'm worried to see what could happen on both fan bases. I mean, that's a scary game. One versus four, so much on the line. There's so emotion, so much hate in this rival, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, me and Lacey are prime examples. I hate her gut. <laughs> Win or lose. <laughs> Trust me, the feeling is mutual, I promise. Good. Well, well Lacey, oh, give and, us your prediction. I haven't heard your prediction yet. My prediction, I think it will be – Oh, God. I think it'll be 38-31 Auburn, I believe. <coughs> Go ahead and laugh. Go ahead and laugh and see who leaves your butt down in Auburn after game day. Go ahead. Go ahead. I am I'm no, driving you're, you're not, down to you're game not day. Going, you're not going to the game with Chris Smelly, are you, Lacey? No, we're not going to the game, but we're going to ride down there for actual game day, and then after we're going to come back. Okay. Well, that's a dangerous so, trade. I'm, I'm, worried about that. I'm worried. I'm worried Chris Smelly and Lacey are together in Auburn <laughs> together. There could be – there's a there's a highlight on game day, guys. We're watching it Saturday morning and Smelly and Lacey are fist fighting <laughs> on national TV. So, we're going to be up front, too. So we, oh, we'll be yes, we will. We're we're leaving here around around between 2 and 3 in the morning. Okay, if, if you're if you're gonna be on front, will y'all make a five for me? Say Brian Tarvin is the best, maybe something like that. I don't know. I got you. I will. All right, <laughs> that sounds good. But but Chris, anything you want to add to this game before we go? Uh, I mean, I just hope y'all enjoy being in the top five. That's why I last because you know you know after this game too, I, I, I think uh. Gus, I'm not Gus. Yeah, Gus is going to be going to Texas. So let's throw that out there. Y'all oh, heard it here first. Oh, my God. Here, here it comes. Here it comes. I, oh, but, my God. No, I hope you not, Chris. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> lose the Iron Bowl and then lose your coach. Yeah. That would be very depressing. That, that, would be, that would be terrible. But what I see is Auburn pulling the upset here, and Saban just retires because he's mad, Chris. That's Alabama fans. <laughs> No, would, would no. kill would would kill Nick Saban and run him out of town if he loses this one, man. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. He's been he's been uh, leaving for the last five years, and for some reason he's still there. But we'll see. But I mean, uh, t- tell what us. was that stat? What, what, what was that stat? Nick Saban is zero and nine, uh, or, or or like zero and six oh and every time he's he's played zero oh and five every time he's played an Auburn team with nine wins or more. 
I mean, that's an incredible stat here. Let's not overlook that. <laughs> that's all you got. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my boyfriend just told me that Saban loses and, and he's going to Florida. It's it's a huge scheme. Smoke and mirrors. Isn't he an FSU, FSU fan? He's a worried about winning yeah. and going to prison. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good well, one. Well, yeah. But Saban, Lacey Saban's not leaving Alabama unless he retires, man. He, there's no oh, need I to know. go to Texas at his age. He, he's going to stay at Alabama. And Smelly about Gus going to Texas. I mean, I, I think Texas wants a coach that – this one more and has more of a proven track record. I think Malzahn likes Auburn a lot now. I mean, could he could he be interviewed? I think so. You never know. But I think Gus Malzahn staying put. I think he really loves Auburn, and this was all a plan after he left. He knew he was coming back eventually. So, I don't know, guys. Make sure y'all give me some love on game day, Smelly. Say, say Auburn, say War Eagle, go Tarvino, something. Nah, so. You better get late to do that for you. Because you don't want me to make a sign uh, for you, trust me. Because someone's not a team player. <laughs> That's fine. Man, I love this game, though. And, Smelly, you know, if Auburn loses this game, it'll be disappointing. But going from 3-9 oh, to 10-2 ten, ten would be uh, – I mean, if you told speaking, me that before the season started, man, I'd be very happy about it. Speaking yeah, of I mean, which, I, me, and, me and Chris Smelly have a bet going. What's you, that? Do you remember that bet? Uh <laughs> well, it's yes. nothing. I made it. No, I already have. But who, whoever's team loses, their profile picture has to stay the opponent's team logo for for a month or until the BCS no, game until, or whatever. Until after the BCS championship <clears throat> game. So from November thirtieth until the end of the BCS championship game, the loser has to put on a. Well, Lacey will have to put on the Alabama profile picture. The logo all the way through that. So that's fine. That's fine. Chris Smelly's profile picture will say, "I hate Alabama." That's exactly what it will say. Wow, Chris, can you do that? If you lose, can you do that for that long? Oh, I, I'm never back out of bets. If I lose, I, I mess up. But I'm also like what three and one versus her in bets, so I'm not really worried about it. You like numbers so much, the three and one versus you. <laughs> oh, Lacey. Uh, Lacey. Lacey, that could be a game day stat. They run across the bottom. Technically, you know, it's, technically it's one and two because the other one has to do with fantasy football. So, if we're talking about college so, so, here. Lacey, Lacey, Lacey what, what time are you going? What time are y'all going to game day to get there to be in front? We're going to leave here between two and three, and we'll probably get down there like around four. Oh, there's going to be mean, so many people there. Oh, I know. I know. I'm prepared. Well, all right, guys. Well, good luck, and uh, Smelly, don't get killed in Auburn, okay? <laughs> I may need to call you for a ride. Facts. <laughs> you buy Auburn right. in there. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, be safe, and thanks for coming on the show, and, and good luck, Lacey, War Eagle, to you. Trey, I mean, that's two, that's two fans that hate each other right there. Great call. <laughs> How about they hate each other? <laughs> That's <laughs> riding the game together, or at least the game day. Uh, they hate uh, each other. <laughs> uh, we'll see, buddy. I don't know about that one. Well, Trey, nobody talks about this scenario. We've got about one minute left. And, you know, nobody talks about scenarios about how things go. Is it possible 
that Alabama could lose to Auburn and still make the national title game, in your opinion? Give me a percentage. It's possible. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to put it in percentages. I mean, because you have you know so much and play with Florida State, you know Ohio State. We're not. We're not sure about. I mean, you know how far would they fall if they lost to Auburn? I don't know. It just depends on how far they fall. It, you know, I mean, if they lose to Auburn by 17, that's a different story than by one. I mean, so, yeah. you know, I don't think either Auburn or Alabama you know, necessarily right now are out of the national championship hunt. A loss to Auburn certainly is done for them, but for Alabama, not so much. Well, if Auburn beats number one Alabama and beats number five or four Missouri, do they get past Ohio State in the BCS? Is it going to be enough? Well, I mean – do I think so, or, you know, do I think the pollsters? I think the pollsters uh, probably won't. Uh, I think they maybe should. I mean, I think they have a good argument for it. But I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of people who do the voting, at least, you know, you talk about, you know, following them on Twitter. They seem to think that an undefeated Ohio State team, if they get their shot, they're going to get their shot over a one-loss SEC team. I think if Auburn made that run, it's going to be hard to leave them out. But, you know, at the end of the day, we'll have to see how the, how the voters do. Well, I think a one-loss Auburn team would, would be more deserving, Trey, but Auburn had a chance against LSU. They lost by 14 points. They didn't lose by one point. They lost by 14 points. And if they want to go back and look at it, I mean, I hate it. Ohio State hasn't lost a game in two years. I think the pollsters are ready to get the SEC out if they can. This will be their opportunity. If that happens, then you'll see Ohio State, Florida State. But it's weird. Winston gets in trouble, though. I'm telling you, Florida State's going to go down in the polls to about number five in the human polls. They're going to be out of that BCS. Is it fair? I don't know. I mean, you you really can't tell. I don't know how good Florida State would be without him, but there's some good teams up there right now. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see, Trey. I'm going to give my prediction. Uh, I like Auburn to really – last year I said they wouldn't score a point and they'd get blown out. This year – I really like this team, the way they play, they believe. And in one game, I mean, if you play Alabama-Auburn five times straight, it's probably three or four times Alabama. But if you look at this one game at home, two weeks to prepare, um, just the hate in this rival, the fans, there's so much more. I mean, this is going to be very intense, I'll put it that way. And emotion does play a point into it for an extent. But I think Auburn has some good athletes on that team. I think the wide receivers are going to be key for Auburn, not only blocking but catching some big throws. Trey, the safeties are going to be cheating up. Auburn's going to have some one-on-one opportunities. Can Nick Marshall hit those passes? That's going to be the difference. I think Auburn gets it done, and I think it's going to be 34-23 to 23 Auburn, Trey. 34-23. Auburn wow, at home, and I think people are going to be stunned by it. But don't be surprised if they beat Alabama and lose to Missouri or something in the SEC championship game. That's how – I'm just kidding. It's not going to be 11. I think Auburn wins. But if they win, they're going to win by a field goal late. I mean, they got one of the best place kickers in the SEC. I'm just hoping somebody in the chat room would say something. But it's going to be close, man. I think Auburn has a team to beat them, Trey. And, you know, it can't be a homer pick because last year I picked them to get smoked and not even to score. So this year I think they have a shot. Gus Malzahn's the real deal, and this coaching staff has these guys believing, Trey. Anything before we go, buddy? Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you on Sunday. All right. Take care, buddy.